Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. At Dazzler84 underscore SSFC has said he actually longs for the day that you guys and indeed any other podcast will actually get to talk about, well, actual football. Um, Unfortunately, episode 12... Not really much football going on again, so you have to tune in with us. But this is number 12 of the Premier Non-League podcast. This is the Premier Non-League podcast. Yeah, um, he, he's got a point, guys, hasn't he? <laughs> Like every two weeks we record, are we going to be able to talk about anything other but restructures or promotions or null and void? And it's got to game a point again. I think we're not going to really have much different today, but we'll try and get through. Um, how are we all doing, gentlemen? Very well, thanks. All good. Good, mate. Good to see. Good to see you all. Um, I think Ian will turn up sometime today, but um, we'll crack on without him anyway and we'll pretend we can edit him in and pretend he was here from the start. But, um, Jen's anything new this week with you guys? I mean, probably not. <laughs> uh, you never know. What's going on? Well, Pete's haircut. We've got to talk about that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as I said off air, I think it was karma because when I was editing the last episode of the Premier League podcast, I've had a sort of midlife crisis, I'd say, and decided to start experimenting with bleaches and blonde hair dyes. And um, it was... Um, Pete, Chris and Trev decided to slag my hair off uh, when I went down to get another beer and uh, I think Trev either, probably deliberately uh, forgot to press stop recording so when I'm editing it the next day uh, I can hear them slagging my hair off so karma Pete that's karma I say it's deserved yeah <laughs> <laughs> very karma but, uh... did you do it yourself in a mirror or did you, did you get someone else to do it for you I, I done it myself in the mirror yeah Oh, never again. Go, tell the story then. You told us. Tell the listeners. We ain't got much football to talk about, so I got to make up, make up hours somehow. Yeah. So, so basically, I went out and bought these nice new clippers. Uh, go on, who who were they buy? We might get a sponsorship. You never know. Remington. Oh, there you go. Good placement. <laughs> yeah, you know, proper proper good ones. Um, and it's got a slidey thing on it with all the numbers on it: two, four, six, eight, etc. So I've put them on number four, expecting sort of a number four, like when you're going to barbers and get a number four. And it's, uh, you know, an inch or so. Uh, no such luck. It was actually four millimetres. So now I'm basically bald. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you, you do, you, I don't even think you cut it that short during the first lockdown when we um, when, when we both did it, did we? Did you? No, I didn't because I, I had the old clippers and those were on number four. <laughs> <laughs> so he hasn't he hasn't moved to the times. He got them when he was born. He hasn't changed since then. <laughs> I'm happy to see customers like this as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they won't. Unless you've got a regular customer, I'm sure they won't know any different, will they? No, not really. I only oh. see people once, and that's it. They don't want me back. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, but gents, um, again, sort of a, not really much of an update. We were hoping that um, the National League would have some sort of outcome or something tonight. But as Trevor and me have sort of kept an eye all day, and I'm sure you guys have, we haven't really had anything, have we, Trevor, yet? 
No, nothing so far. Um, all, all we've seen is what's been sort of muted over Twitter the last few days between a few people. And because of what I understand, there's an, a non-disclosure agreement signed by the 18 or so clubs that want to play under underneath the underneath step one. There isn't a lot eking out anywhere um, until it until it becomes public. So it's a it's, it's it's very much this might happen, that might happen, something else might happen. You know, kind of just don't know at the moment. Well, and I did notice that um, the FA feasibility um, have said uh, they're already going to be promoting steps five to seven. And Anthony Hughes of the FA Alliance Committee has turned around and said steps three and four promotion is off the table. So, gentlemen, we all support clubs here in step three. It looks like, again, season come to an end. Yes, it's curtailed, but I don't think we've got any um, hope of promotion anymore. Unless there's a restructure. Yeah, but yeah, isn't that I, what they're saying that they're not going to have any promotion if there is a restructure, or yeah, have you heard different? different? They're, they're saying there's no movement. There's going to be no movement from step three. So that's basically going to mean that you've got the, the you know the national leagues. So we theoretically could be six places up for grabs. So there is so there's room for movement. And you're like, why why aren't they why aren't they acting on it? It's just a simple thing to do. That. Because they've curtailed the season and last season's null and void, they've only got six games to go on, I suppose. So they're, they're like, well, how can you decide who's going to get movement up or or whatever? Oh, yeah. Are they saying, think... are they saying that the, the the league could potentially continue from the start of next season, or is it going to restart all over again from August? It's it's from fresh. It's from fresh. Because I asked the uh, Trident League uh, vice chairs last week on another show. Um, and they, and they, yeah, and and they basically said that uh, there's no way uh, that it will start again. It will start afresh. We won't start from where we left off. And from what we understand, the plan is to start the season again on the 14th of August. 14th. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, Johnny, um, you weren't here last uh, podcast due to work reasons. Like, from sort of Horsham's point of view, uh, sort of a planning. Well, what what's the sort of latest now? What what's going on behind the scenes at Horsham? Well, not an awful lot. I mean, we've got a plan for for next season now. Uh, I think uh, both the club communicated on social media and Dom as well that they were disappointed by uh, by the news of the season being curtailed. Uh, we were very much of the opinion that it could and should continue at a time that is safe to do so, obviously, but with a certain limit on on when the season had completed. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I feel sorry for you guys. You were obviously in a much better position than we were, but at the same time, we were, I think, one place outside the playoffs and and in um, in a cup final as well, um, the, the season before that. So it's um, it's a disappointing end to the season. Um it's um, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're we're disappointed. We communicate that on social media. Yeah, it's 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 very. I mean, again, it just feels like we've been shafted again. And you know, we know there's more important things going on in the world, but it does sort of feel harsh that they might restructure below us, but we won't get involved again. I mean, am I right in thinking that, or is that just me? Do you guys feel similar? Yeah. Like, why can you restructure a five to seven? And one to three, or one, uh, one to two, but three and four can't. I, I don't. It's as if like the Trident Leagues are their own kind of species. Um, I, I saw 
last week a, a clip from another podcast where they had all of the Trident League chairman on. Um, and again, it, for me, it was just wishy-washy um, stuff where, well, hindsight's a wonderful thing and blah-de-blah, and if we'd known this then, we, we could have done this. Well, I think we can all agree that, uh, specifically the Worthing lads, that had they done what we said they should do a year ago, we wouldn't be in this position, yeah. which is to, to restart the last campaign and get it finished. Then you wouldn't have had two years of nothing. You'd have you'd have gotten a full season in two years rather than having two years with absolutely nothing. But you kept waffling on about hindsight if we'd known this, if we'd known that. Mm. To me, it was just the cop out and it's mismanagement right the way through. And once again, for some reason, the Trident League seemed to be a species of their own. Above and below, things are happening, movement, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Steps three and four, nothing. Have we got a reason why? No. Has that- no. Is it because they see us as elite but won't class us as elite because they don't want to pay out any uh, any potential uh, monies that that might... Obviously, <clears throat> they've, they've been saying that National League South and North is uh, is an elite sport and they'll continue to pay for the wages up until, obviously, what's just happened now. But is, it, is, is that potentially the case? No idea. No idea, Johnny. I, 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 look, at, I look at the Northern Premier League, our area. Um, the only thing I can think of, purely from a Northern Premier League perspective, is that we're... Say, for instance, South Shields and FC United of Manchester both promoted, which was highly likely. If you look at last, you look at the 2019-20 season, Shields had ran away with the title. You'd imagine FC United would have won a playoff competition. Then the Northern Premier League lose their two biggest clubs, the biggest money earners. You've got to remember that there are club chairmen, uh, or club representatives on the league management committee, and they want to keep all their eggs in their own basket, don't they? Um, but that's potentially just me being being a bit cynical because I can't I, I can be cynical at times, but I can't think of anything else. There's absolutely nothing that would uh, that would really get anywhere close to being strong enough to to to, to keep the Trident leagues out on a limb like they seem to be. Uh, so it, it's weird. Uh, Trev, you were going to say something, Errol. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that when you look at when you take the two bits together, you've almost got to separate it into three with steps one and two, steps three and four, and steps five to seven. Three mm-hmm. and four are not being restructured. We're looking at our wanting teams to be promoted out of there for being rewarded what they've done. What they're doing between five and seven, though, is actually restructuring that whole three step prong there to take teams out from there to create an extra division so they're not doing a just a lateral everyone that's done well goes up they're actually trying to create room in there so they get this perfect pyramid which is what they've been trying to do for two years so you sort of like I say you've literally got to look at it at three different steps and where step two are causing an issue where you know they've null and void curtailed whatever they've decided they're you know going to do it in the long run that has then hampered three and four in allowing everyone, anyone to move, you know, within those 
you know, th three or four divisions that you've got at that level. So it's kind of like, you know, a three-way split, but each, each bit's doing their own bit rather than it's all harmonious and it's causing the, you know, the mess, the ruction, um, you know, because it's, you're just looking at three different things you're trying to do within one pyramid almost. Yeah. I think one of the things I was saying to you, Trevor, at the weekend was um, one, one thing that really concerns me, and I'm sure it go for you, Chris, South Shields, Johnny and Ian at Horsham, and, you know, especially for me and Pete. I like to think not, but this, again, another season going, I really, is that our chance gone? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we've done two seasons so well. We've been at the top. Horsham been pushing around the playoffs on the top for like the season before that got null and voided. You know, South Shields, obviously same situation as Worthing, right at the top. A player's going to leave it. Are we going to have that situation where we might not do as well next season? And then someone that hasn't done as well goes up and that's going to be too gutting for me to even watch. I mean, do, do you feel that? Do you feel it? Um, from a South Shields perspective, not really. Um, going off what... What Ronnie and I um, learned from the Shields chief executive Lee picked in a couple of weeks ago, pretty confident that the vast majority, if not all, players will stay. They're on. They're on. Going to remember that South Shields, in particular, you know, players are on good money for the level that they're playing at. Granted, most of those players should be playing at a higher level, um, but they're on good money. Um, would struggle to get particularly in the, in the current climate and the climate that, that we're going to have to um, endure for the for another six to 12 months or so, uh, the, they'd struggle to get the same money elsewhere on, on as good a deal um, because they, they get well looked after at South Shield. So there's a worry that one or two will go. Jason Gilchrist is on loan at York City at the moment and appears to be enjoying himself. And if this... Um, National League competition does get off the ground, then he'll have football for the rest of the season. Um, worry that he might have his head turned a little bit, but most of the players who are at South Shields who have been there, particularly before last season was curtailed, they know how big it could get at Shields. Mm. And um, with the back in, with the chairman still committed, the fan base is still committed. Um, we're pretty confident, but you just never know, do you? I think the, no. the worry that we think Worthing, for instance, would, would Worthing be able to keep the framework? And also it gives another club potentially, you know, or clubs, you never know who might come in with money elsewhere and boost someone's kitty and, and, a, and another club comes along and kind of, usurps and kind of um, gazumps you. Um, well, it was interesting because the lot down the road from me and Pete and Trevor, them green slime, can't remember the name, uh, I think Butlin's FC or something like that, uh, they're trying to do a, a crowdfunder to fund extra money to play their playing squad. Really? Which to me seems bizarre. bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it launched uh, in, uh, was it yesterday? So they, yeah, it's five, yeah. ten pounds a month as a membership scheme to go towards the playing budget and uh, but then at the same time they've just announced that they're going to roll over all the season tickets from this season to next season it, it confuses me because i don't think that that to me doesn't seem right you're, you're paying money to get into the ground or a season ticket why are you then paying on top of it to, to supplement their playing budget to me that doesn't sound the right attitude yeah. to have but again 
they seem to think it's an amazing idea. But things like that, that concerns me because you get a load of that and then they use it for that reason. Pete, what do you think um, about them doing that? I, I haven't got a problem with it. I, I really haven't. Um, no. You know, the reason the reason being is if people want to dip their hands in their pocket for their local club, then I, I, I really haven't, haven't got a problem with it. If they can afford it on top of the, you know, the uh, match ticket or a season ticket, et cetera, et cetera, then, then yeah, if they can get the money off the fans... Fair play to him. Mm. Ian? It's it's no worse than what um, Fenerbahce did with Ozil. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, it's at a smaller level, um, but it's exactly the same thing. Ultimately, fans want to pour money into their club, but it would be that fine by purchasing, uh, purchasing merchandise or whatever it is. You know, your football clubs, for the most part, aren't profit-making. You're, you're kind of given to charity, but one that you love. Mm. it's true I, I mean one thing that Trev did say to me on Saturday which uh, seemed to be quite a thing that I never really thought of before was there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be without clubs because of you know Covid's cost the clubs money they're having to you know they've got various levels so you might find some League 2 players you know conference uh, sorry, national players ending up coming down to steps 3 and 4 and you know whilst it would be good for the league in itself you know, they could go to other clubs. I mean, look look for Hornchurch, for example. Look how well they're doing in the trophy right now. They've got Knox County coming up in a semi-final. I mean, I never would have said Hornchurch. I mean, they were brilliant last season. They were touching Worthing for the sort of top of the league and they, they've been brilliant. And obviously, friend of the friend of the podcast, Mr. Dixon, he's uh, he got, went back in the squad as he's just signed. And they're doing brilliant. And what what an uh, example that they're setting for a step-free club. Absolutely. Well, the one thing that I've got to say, though, is and I'm not an expert on HR relations and policies, et cetera, regarding the furlough scheme. But when the furlough scheme was initially announced this time last year, it was well, it was very clear that you had to be employed by the company before the 1st of March, I think it was, if you wanted to be on the company furlough scheme. However, how does that apply if you transfer clubs, you transfer your employer, if shit hits the fan again and we're back into another lockdown come August, uh, September time, what happens? I mean, some of these players technically might not be able to go on furlough because they're a new employer. I mean, first we've got bloody hope that there's no furlough. If you're still, to, if we're coming back after our summer break and we're talking about furlough again in September, I think I'm just going <laughs> to give up. I'll go and Get on, get one of those dinghies and sail in the channel for some. Go over to France or something. Like that. God knows. I mean, I'd, right. I'd like to. I'd like to understand a little bit more about the furlough and see whether that is possible. Because if that is the case, then it, you might not see an awful lot of transfer activity this summer. Mm. Good point. One thing. I mean, going off what you. I mean, James, you just asked what Peter thought about um, about the crowdfunding. In many respects, most clubs will be doing something similar, but we'll just word it differently. Yeah. So, for instance, at South Shield, just being announced last week, season tickets, um, you could apply for a full refund, even though we've had, I think, five home games. But some season ticket holders in a certain bubble will have only been to two, and they'll have had three live streams, and vice versa. So uh, the club made the announcement that they were going to, Make a, make a full refund available. But if fans wanted to kind of just say, no, keep my money, they would be delighted, you know, the club would be absolutely thrilled. So you've got a mixture of fans just saying, no, don't want a refund. I'm one of them, of course. 
because I paid by direct debit. I didn't miss the money really. I was I paid over ten months, so it wasn't a, a chunk out of my pocket. But um, those, so those those supporters who have said keep the money, the club are obviously keeping the money. Um, and today I've had an email from the commercial director to say that uh, play, uh, uh, the sponsorships are being carried over. So the sponsorship that anybody has paid for for the 2021 season will automatically roll over to 21-22. But if the sponsor wanted to make a donation of some sort, the club would be thrilled with that, but there's no obligation to do so. So in a way, in a roundabout way, South Shields have done something similar, but it's it, it, it's mm. slightly different. But at the same time... Um, Going back to other subjects, clubs are going to have to bite the bullet to an extent. Clubs aren't going to be awash with cash because True. South Shields will have to pay some fans back and some sponsors won't make a donation. So this money that was part of the budget for 2021, now they've had a budget for 21-22, they'll not be at full capacity of income. So, And that's South Shields one of your so-called big gun. So I think James, in a, in a long-winded answer there, but it's short and sweet. I wouldn't worry too much. I think, I think there'll be, I think Worthing will be okay. Hmm. Um, as, but it all depends. Ultimately, it will depend on two things. One, clubs affordability, and two, player loyalty. Hmm. So if you've got a bit of that, You'll be okay. Yeah, and I, I think the good thing for us as well is that our manager just signed a new three-year contract, so obviously yeah. there's going to be stability there, and you know a lot of them players play for him. So you know it's good. It's just it's just one of those things that you kind of always you wonder. I think you can't help but think, what if? Yeah. You know, with everything that's gone on, you sit here and do a lot of thinking, and obviously we're missing football. I mean, we pretty much all support teams here. I, I think we all can say, our six of us here, every team we support at a professional level has pissed us off from one too many times already this season. Trevor Spurs, me, Charlton, Johnny Huddersfield, Ian Brighton, Pete and Forrest, uh, uh, Chris Sunderland. So, I mean, Sunderland are on up at the moment, so probably the best, like, <laughs> doing, all right, doing all right at the moment out of all of us. But, you know, it, it makes you think, I've said so many times on the chats and stuff, I really, you know, you look forward to watching the football on the Saturday or Sunday or Tuesday, and you end up walking away so hacked off with it. Uh, and that makes you think and just want to... Go back to the you guys did any of you guys watch the West Brom Newcastle game yesterday? No, yeah. no, I love piss. I've got self respect. That was an insult, <laughs> an insult to the game of football. Well, what was so bad about it? So I'm completely out of the loop. It was, it was shit. It was dire, James. Basically, I've heard no, what nil, nil nil, or was it? Yeah, nil nil. It was, it was, uh, it, was dir- it was just dirge. It was, it was horrific. And it was it was prehistoric. It was you've got you know two so-called dinosaur managers playing prehistoric. Well, it wasn't even football. It was, it was the non. It was it was just the quality of the first touch, the pass, everything was was missing. There was nothing there. And it was a if that if that if those two things big in the world, then um, there's something sadly sadly wrong. 
<laughs> I think you can say that a lot with uh, professional football right now. It's so it's so crazy. I mean, look look at the Man United Man City game yesterday where we're completely going. Yeah, but look at at the, at the same time, I I think there really is a big problem playing in front of no crowds. Yeah, they're true. It's I think it's a huge problem. Like I'm watching them, and I, I haven't watched a lot of football lately. I've you know half an hour here, half an hour there. Um, I watched a non-league Saturday night because David Azure boy he was playing for Sutton, and obviously he was at Worthing. And I will don't forget Omar. Uh, yeah, no, I'm having you. And uh, yeah. Callum Keeley. I don't know if he played. No, no, he, play. no he wasn't on the bench. Well, he's coming he back to Worthing next he year. Didn't, he didn't play. But any, any, anyway, going back to the you know top flight football, the, the, the pace of it to me is slowed slowed down. It's more like a training game. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's because because there's no crowds. I mean, you look completely different. Look what Real Madrid have done. They've they've redone the Bernabeu and they've moved all the games to the training ground. You almost think, why Why do all the clubs not bother just doing that? Because those pictures are just as good. Awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, it makes you laugh when you hear the pitch announcer welcoming the teams at the stadium. And it's kind of like, it's like, they must think, what am I doing this for? It's only for the players. Or when they score, they play, like Wolves play their goal music, which is like that dance trance thing. And just think, like, if the fans are in the ground, yeah, it'd be rocking. But I mean, maybe just for the players. It's a funny thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the idea well, though, isn't it? To keep it as normal yeah. as you possibly can. Um, all the announcement stuff is done for the for the benefit of the press, um, you know, and those people there and then the commentators. But it's to keep it as normal as you can. And, you know, as, as far as it's been since June last year when the Premier League restarted, you know, this is as normal as it gets at the moment. It doesn't, you know, it ain't going to be any different. Yeah. Well, Ian goes to a lot of Premiership games. Do you, do you think the pace has dropped, Ian? Do you think it's more like a training game? Um I think so. I think you look at, um, I mean, less so in our example, although I do think that the, like, we as fans would be on the back of the players far more than they currently are. I mean, Brighton, for example, Brighton Instagram have blocked all comments on their Instagram for the last, like, two and a half, three weeks um, because of the string of results. And it's clear that part of that is obviously because fans can't express themselves in the stadiums. But, like, look at Liverpool irrespective of their injuries, like there's no doubt that their home form is, is contributed by the fans. Like it's evident by the way they're performing on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. We've gone away from non, we've gone away from yeah, non-league. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 the, but the principle's the same though, um, Pete. Watching that Sutton-Wrexham game on Saturday night again as well was a bit of a classic game that needed some fans in there to give it that extra room because there, you know, yeah. the, there wasn't a lot between the two teams. You can see why they're both up in the in in the promotion places, um, but they just needed that extra bit, you know, just to sort of get themselves over the line. And I mean, I'm watching. I think it was Dagenham and Willstone back in the first couple of weeks of the season as well. It's exactly the same. You know, watching watching them kick a ball around with an empty stadium echoing around just wasn't anything like you know football. Yeah, I think everyone should uh, <laughs> just say everyone stop until August now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, stop the lot. Uh, hopefully, it will come come flying. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, things start you know moving a bit quicker. I mean, it's already. Uh, can you believe? I was saying to my wife that I can't believe it's literally a year, pretty much, since all this well it was, nonsense started. Yeah, well, uh, it was a year ago. Sunday was at Worthing's last home game. 
I don't think I was that. I think the last I think the last one I went to was the actual uh, Brighton Cup game, and that was that was such a great, great spectacle of yeah. free football, and it was a great memory to have. And you take it into the uh, season, think God, I didn't expect that to be my last game. <laughs> we knew it was all going on and going weird at the time, but we didn't think we'd still be facing it a year later, did we? I don't. I don't think you beat this one though, right? Because this week, which will come up on my Facebook memories, um, was the last time I saw uh, Barnet play live, where we went to Woking one three one. What a year ago was that? Yeah, a year ago. That will come up for me this week. And then we were on a run of one defeat in eighteen games. And you now look at it this season. Fast forward, fast forward one year. We're now on a Flip run it. of one win in twenty games. Yeah, flip it. You know, it, yeah, like it, a mirror. Yeah. It's a mirror. It's a mirror, mate. That's yeah, yeah. The crowd effect. Yeah. <laughs> no, I call it the uh, the uh, beadle effect. <laughs> I was um, talking about crowds. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw that. Uh, Sheffield FC have put a ground, a new plan in for a new four thousand seat ground. Um, for those that know, it's a uh, class as the oldest club in the world. Am I right in thinking? Yeah. And uh, Chris, being from the Northern Premier League, I know they're in the South East Division 1. Have you had any experience of Sheffield FC? No, not at all. Um, I've heard of them, of course. They are yeah. the old team. Um, but no, haven't come across them. Um, it's good to see, you know, if a new 4,000-seater. I mean, it, it's good to see clubs looking to progress. I mean, um, Chris Turner, who used to... Uh, manage Hartlepool among other clubs. Former former Sheffield Wednesday manager, Sunderland goalkeeper, Man United goalkeeper. Um, he's part of a, a regeneration of a club somewhere in Yorkshire. Um, not Sheffield, but it's another club. I think it's around the Keithley area, and they are trying to do a trying to do a Villa Ricky type of thing, but sensibly part of a big a big. Um, sporting centre of excellence. So it's good to see these things happening in, in mm. non-league. Um, it's a statement of intent, isn't it? You'd think, like, I think it really I mean, should be want to progress. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's a coincidence that South Shields have already started um, the ground redevelopment um, just in case there is an opportunity to apply for some kind of promotion. Yeah. Um, you know, the stands have been uh, torn down. Well, not torn down. They're going to be... Re- the three sheds are going to be moved around to behind a, a goal. Uh, a new thousand-seater stand is going to be built uh, pending um, the council say-so, of course. 16 corporate boxes, huge new bar, food, kiosks, drink kiosks, everything. Um a uh, new, ter- new covered terrace behind what we call the shed end. Uh, so if clubs can, even in such dark times, look to try and develop, great for when we get back. I- I've got a feeling that come July, if ever- if this roadmap um, doesn't get redrawn, come July, people will be that excited about football. You- you'll-, you'll probably mm-hmm. have pre-season games packed, even though yeah. for many of us, pre-season is a bit of a non-entity. Mm. Very true. Um, I think everyone's just going to be chomping a bit to get back. Are you PNLP? It's funny you mentioned Billericay though, because I don't know if you guys have seen that um, Tamplin has actually finally stepped away from football. He went yeah. to he was at Romford after Billericay, obviously, and he's um, he stepped away. He's had enough. Gone abroad. 
What's that, Pete? It, it, it was it was on my my things. Oh really? <laughs> the end, oh. Yeah. There you go. Well, well, why don't you talk about it now? Because I realise there's not really anything to talk about right now. So this is called well, trying to say, In terms, whilst we're on the discussion of uh, ground development, hashtag United want their own ground. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ian's favourite club, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm just, just a big fan of, of teams that engage social media properly, engaging fans. <laughs> so what's their, what's, what's their plans for? Um... Well, the, at the moment, they're better Bowers and Pitsy. Um, yeah. And they're looking, they're not, I don't think they're looking at necessarily building their own ground. They want to take over an already existing facility, buy it off of potentially a struggling club in the Essex area. And then build it up from there. So give them good facilities, three G pitch, etc. Well, that would they do that to Bowers? Have they, you know, have they engaged in Bowers for that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I assume they have, and maybe it's not an option for them. I think with the season coming to an end now, like especially at our level, I think you'll start seeing a lot of these stories about developments of grounds. And obviously, as Chris says, South Shields already started. Um, I mean, it worked quite well for Worthing because we. had we were going to potentially be playing at Horsham for some of the season, as you know, John. Yeah. Um, we only ended up having to play one game there because every other blooming game was cancelled after that. So it, it worked out all right for us. Um, I think, did, did Bogner finish theirs in time down our end? Did they they had finished oh, before know, the season yeah. started? Oh, I know, yeah. um, I know that they were, kick, they were kicking off um, on social, about uh, Horsham were kicking off about the facilities there, weren't they? Because they played, was it Haven't they played there? Yeah, Haven't were the home team, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was um that was a funny set of uh, state of affairs there. But um no, it will be good to see over the summer. Oh, I say over the summer because it's not the way it feels like the summer because it is an extended summer break for us now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you th- if you think about it, there are some clubs that will be in our position at step three, step four, and potentially further down that have received quite sizable grants, as mm. we've discussed previously, that might well be very, very well off and a lot better off than they were at the start of the mm. pandemic. So you may well start to see some clubs so they don't get potentially a tax hit to start spending a lot of money before, A, before the end of April, really, yeah, or before the end of March. Well, let's just hope it doesn't commercialise uh, the feel of non-league too much and we still get those nice rubbish grounds we can go I to and uh, Peter's secret sausage <clears throat> shop at the end of a ground. As 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 commercial manager of Horsham FC, I I am in love with oh, the just game to get the football. job in there, yeah, just to get the title, no, absolutely, full title. But... just to get the full title in there. <laughs> <laughs> but at the right, same right. time, there there is an element that you have to do this. You you have to commercialise a club, regardless of, of the level it's at. You have to bring in revenue, otherwise you wouldn't be able to have a playing budget. So I think there's an element of trying to commercialise everything you can possibly do without being too sort of over the top. Mm. That's true. Yeah, I think one of the other things as well is, um, like you say, you know, there is there is a lot of grant funding around at the moment as well. You know, the yeah. FA the FA's got pots here, there, and everywhere. Matching, yeah. If clubs know how to how to how to do it, then you know they can, they can get some decent money off the FA. But like I say they have to match of thirty percent of some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there is opportunities, and it's well worth the lower clubs. Having having a dig around and seeing if they can can get some funding of some sort. And is it only they'll match it only if it's a don- uh, donation? Is that right? I'm not sure about all the specifics, to be honest, Johnny. Yeah, I thought that was it, but I might be wrong. <laughs> Pete, why don't you crack on with some of the things that you've written down? 
Well, see, see what we've got here because I don't want to tram. I don't want to step on your sort of uh, piss well, on your the, fire, really. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reason I mentioned Glenn Tamplin uh, leaving Romford and was another reason because Jermaine Pennant, Pennant came out and criticised him. Oh, really? I didn't see that. What was it? What was yeah. Jermaine saying? Well, is Jermaine at Romford at the yeah. moment? I don't know. I think he's he's gone now, hasn't he? Uh, he Trevor's Trevor's shaking his head. Yeah, he wasn't Yeah. Yeah, he's a Billy Ricky, wasn't he? He was paying him an absolute yeah. fortune. Um, but anyway, there's this question mark. I don't know if you saw the pictures last year. Of a, a vehicle that drove over the pitch and and spoiled Romford's pitch. And there's some accusations flying. Was it Jermaine Penn's mates or, you know, was it Tampling? So there's a bit of something going on there, which is really, really strange. And if you think... Uh, an ex-owner or a player's got his mates to drive around on the pitch and destroy yeah. it. And that's absolutely shocking behaviour. Yeah. So, bit, uh, bit weird, bit weird. But are, are you surprised? Are you, do you think, is this the end we'll hear of Tamplin at a non-league club or would he be somewhere else in he's, Essex soon? He, he's moved abroad, so he'll buy a foreign club next time. Oh, really? Where's he gone? <laughs> Costa del Sol? I don't, I, I don't know where he's gone, but... Uh, yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> he, 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 he was a character. He's certainly a character. It was his yeah. Twitter videos that made me laugh the most. You don't know what was going on in his body at the time when he was doing those videos. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. But yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you just don't know what he was doing or thinking or drinking or whatever. Yeah, there was some there was some strange videos going around. Um, Chris, Chris, do you know about Tamplin? Have you ever seen any of the videos and stuff? Because obviously it's yeah, very yeah. southern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've got an idea what he was on. <laughs> he was um, high on life, mate. That's what we'll say. Yeah, to keep it clean yeah, like that. Yeah. Among other things, the one the one thing that got me was when uh, we had the football focus or Sky Soccer Saturday um, did a piece on them, and he took the cameras into the changing room when he just painted the home dressing room like a jungle. Oh yeah, and 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 he and and, and he, he he insisted that. The, which I don't know, but I can't remember if it was BBC or Sky. It was Sky. It was Sky. It was Sky. And they filmed uh, pretty much um, their own version of the hacker in in the in the changing room. <laughs> and clearly, the guy, clearly, yeah, he was clearly high on life. <laughs> it, it is quite. It is. I, I I think we best leave it there because we don't know what we're gonna. Yeah, we don't want to. We're only up twelve episodes in. We don't want to be in the final episode. But uh, crack on, <laughs> Pete. Back to your list, Pete. Right. Um. Obviously, this this isn't a great one for the listeners because I can't show you. Um. But Loch Ness's new football kit. Has anyone seen it? No, I haven't. No. Oh, it is classic. Has he it's, got a Nessie on the front of it? Yeah, it's got an SE. It's it's really smart, and at the bottom, it's it's got the mountains in the background and the shimmer off the off the lock, and then there's a Nessie. What this one? So no, not that one. It's a new one. That's quite big. Cool, fan of that though. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So yeah. So dead venue kit, well worth a purchase. Just go onto their Twitter page, click the link, forty four ninety nine, and I'm not on commit, and I'm not on commission. That one. Ooh. Oh Lord, yeah, just yeah. nice. Oh, there you go. That's it. Yeah, I can see it there. That's the one. Yeah, James has found it. That's good, isn't it? Celebrating Scotland qualifying for Euro twenty twenty. Oh, I'm a big fan of these. 
But this is what I was saying. I've said it quite a few times to the people at Worthing. Like a lot of these clubs are non-league. They raise a lot of money because they get these small niche kit providers that don't charge a fortune to design some really good kits. And they sell out all over the world. There are collectors all over the world. that look. Like there was a couple of non-league teams the season before last. I read in a few magazines that actually designed kits that were one of those things. And I don't know if any of you guys remember some of the Spanish clubs have done it. I think someone was sponsored by a ham company. So their kit was just a Spanish ham slice. <laughs> there was um there was one that was sponsored by beer so the top of the shirt was the head of the beer and the rest of it was the fizz um i think it was el pozo i think the spanish meat company sponsored them so it had salamis and chorizos and hams and everything as their shirts and i thought but people bought them i'm not saying it could get that bad down here but all it takes is um it was uh was it you johnny that interviewed a guy earlier on in the podcasts um, I f- forget what color. Yeah, uh, North Ferriby. North Ferriby, and they designed a shirt, like a niche shirt that sold out very well, hadn't they? Their kit went viral. I think it was yeah. number three in the world or something. Sorry, Joe. Like backtrack a little bit. You said anything that bad when talking about the kits in Spain. I feel like everything you've just described is very much a piece of you. <laughs> I want after my picture of lunch today. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. My, my little grazing board. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love a beer. I'd love some Spanish ham, but I'd rather be on a beach in Spain eating it, mate. Not rather than a sort of. Uh, I'm on Iberico. I'm on Iberico, si, senor. Very nice. But <laughs> Johnny, what are you saying about therapy? Sorry. Yeah, no. I think it was like number three in the world or something crazy like that. It was. I think it was definitely like number one in England or something. Yeah. No, it's good. And and that's the thing. You kind of, you have the ease of using a sort of brand like Kappa that supply a lot of the kits at this level or Nike team kits or Adidas, but a little bit of originality in some of these clubs, another way of raising money, for example. Absolutely. So anyone listening, do something different. Ian, you like design, you, you do a lot of the logo redesigns. Like, you know, some, some of those you must, like from a design point of view, you, you must see some of these shirts, you know, my favourite ham shirt, you know, my birthday's next week. So if you want to buy me one, mate, you know, you can do that for me. <laughs> you realise I'm virtually unemployed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you might be able to get on eBay bargain bin for a few quid, but you never know. Um, but from a designer's point of view, what, what, what do you think in terms of people using niche kits? Is it a good idea? I think it's a double-edged sword. Because ultimately, a football shirt—the you know—think about the most popular shirts like in the league each year that you think and say that's really nice. Let's say Arsenal, for example. The reason why people like them is because they go well with everything. If you buy like these niche shirts, are all well and good, but ultimately they're just these kooky shirts that are there for gimmick and publicity. Obviously, if people do buy them, that's fantastic. But you, I don't think you're going to see people walking down the high street wearing them. I'd wear my ham shirt out in public, mate, to be fair. Of course you would. But, <laughs> I, but isn't that the whole reason for them, though, is to like create that sort of funding? It might be a bit garish, and, but it's going to cause a lot of money to come into the club in a time that we might need them. Well, yeah, I agree, I agree with that 100%. As I said, like if, if it sells out and it generates them a lot of money, then all the power to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? As you, as you rightfully said, there are collectors all over the world. Um, those these things only go up in price. You need to know, like, go on classic football shirts or the equivalent mm. to, to see sort of what these uh, what these kind of shirts pick up. Yeah, no, it's, um, they need to. They need the Chinese dodgy suppliers need to do it. So I can afford to buy them rather than uh, half these blooming kits. Like hundred quid now for Premier League kits, aren't they? Something ridiculous like that now for for, for a pro yeah yeah, because when when Charlton back in the Premier League back in the day I think it was just one shirt every two seasons and now you have pro shirt fan shirts be like the NFL with all their different 
uh, shirts that they supply. Anyway, we're digressing again. <laughs> um, Trev, I know you wanted to mention about the cup competitions uh, in steps five and six. Yeah, we might have some football. We might actually have some football in April and May, depending on where we're going. Can we go and watch it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cup games. There's Thanks. stuff on it. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not interested in friendlies, but yeah, and quite a few clubs, in, in especially around our way, um, are, are quite interested in in in, uh, in doing it. Southern Combination are the Kent League, I think, 37 out of the 38 clubs said they would be interested. Um, the Wessex, interestingly, have had talks with the Hampshire FA about staging a single competition and have also invited the county Step 3 and 4 clubs, which I can't see any of the other leagues have actually done. So there's a couple of interesting ones in the North, Chris, I've got to say, which I've yeah. just found. Um, the Northwest counties have got no plans to introduce special cup competitions because the vast majority had indicated they wouldn't want to play as it was not commercially viable, but then yeah. and for any club up and down the country. And then the North count, the Northern counties East have voted against staging an extra competition um, as fans wouldn't be allowed in until at least the 17th of May, but then we don't know if that's going to get brought forward or not. However, there are, they can play friendlies behind closed doors from the 29th of March. So surely if you <laughs> want to play football, though, you're going to want to play in front of fans and not be interested Absolutely. in friendlies. I thought that's a bit, bit of a strange one, that. But it seems that quite a lot of the Step 5 and six, 6 clubs, providing they're allowed fans in, will will, will play April and May. So we well, might... I noticed uh, the FA said that uh, the FA and the DCMS are yet to clarify if mm. Elite and can have fans, you know, at that level or yeah. non or grassroots I, levels. So I did see on Twitter the other day, um non-elite, what was it, motorsport, I think it was, are allowed fans back in from the 12th mm. of April. And that is non-elite. So you would hope that non-elite football runs along the same line as well. So we might have some football to talk about next month. Might. Mm. How about that? Exciting. <laughs> Make a change. Make a change. <laughs> I know. Might have to go on a PNLP day out. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, could, why not? yeah, maybe adopt a club. Yeah, me, me in the middle, but also step two, uh, I get to decide, as you said, they're sort of things about their mini leagues as well. Um, how's that going to work? Do you think there'll be promotion and stuff from that? How's it going to work, guys? I, I can't uh, see the, I can't see the FA approving it. I don't know about no. Travis Forward Sarah because he's more of a national league guru than I am, but I just cannot see the FA going for that. I'd be surprised, but to be honest, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past them to just go completely gung ho and go. Yeah, go on, get on with it. Um, you know, you want to play football, go and do what you want to do. I know two or three of the clubs though that had originally said they wanted to continue the season um, have now come out and said we're we're not going to carry on. Um, I don't know how many clubs it needs to pass a resolution of it making it a, a you know a competition. I would assume 18 is the minimum the FA want in a, in a league as it is, they, they like 20 to whether they're aiming for the 20 to get it through um, the constitution. I, I don't quite know, but I, I would be surprised. Um, I've heard it could be two promoted, one through the playoffs, one through winning the league with a 25 team national league top division next year with no, no relegation at all. Dover may get relegated. They may not. Then mm-hmm. certainly don't look as if they're going to play another game again this season as it is. So they're stuck on 15 points, seven games in hand on Barnet with only two points behind them, which is cracking. Um, 
you know, and 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 again, it, it could be two go down. There's a couple of clubs in the national league have um, have come out over the last couple of days and gone. Um, you know, we're not going to get our loan grant or whatever. So we're in the Stuck and Kings Lynn are saying we we seem to be playing with a gun held against their head and then go and sign a former Gillingham and I think he played for um, Huddersfield, Simeon Jackson, Johnny? Yeah, no, sorry. he was um, Norwich. Uh, and Norwich, um, I thought, I'm sure he has not? Yeah, yeah. He Simeon Jackson? Gillingham, yeah. yeah. No, nah, I wish he did. He was a good player. <laughs> um, they've signed him on loan today, so that would suggest that they're not, you know, if... If someone's holding a gun to their head, why'd you go and get someone else in on loan? But you know, a lot of the clubs are in the National League are, are signing players, furloughing other players. It's its usual lovely mess from week to week. Yeah, there is. I think that's the thing. Um, and going back to what you said earlier, Johnny, about the furlough and everything, obviously yeah. the, player, the players' contracts end, end at the end of uh, March, don't they? So. Uh, I, 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 end of April, March or end of, April, yeah, end of April. May, isn't it? Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's April. I thought it was and April. Then, yeah, and then play, players, yeah, players get their uh, contracts extended if they make the playoffs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So obviously, you know, that'll be at the end of their furlough money. Um, and if, God forbid, we had the same situation next season, as long as it's on a new contract, I can't see any issues with that being put back on furlough. Who knows? Let's hope it's done. Pete, you had one more thing to say. Yeah, it's a really sad one, actually. Um, I don't know if you saw it this morning when it hit the hit the wires. Uh, AFC filed, 17-year-old lad. Oh, Luke, yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke Bennett, unfortunately, had a horrific accident. Um, apparently, retrieving a football with a metal pole, he hit a live wire, and it's, oh, it's, 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 it's killed him. Um, and apparently he's a promising youngster AFC filed. So all our thoughts are obviously with his family and everyone Very at this good. difficult time. Very yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's a horrible thing. Horrible way to end the podcast, but, you know, sad, sad times to hear that. And uh, yeah, as you say, thoughts out to the family. Very much so. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, Putting the mood right down. Putting the mood down, but I mean, you know, you could have done that. Oh no, it's, it's good to give him some respect. But I think yeah, yeah. on that on that note, that's um, that was the end of episode twelve, guys. And you know, thoughts with that player and the family, and to mm. all the supporters and families, and anyone connected with AFC Fold and the footballing community that knew that guy. So, thoughts with you, rest in peace, and we will see you next week or next time. Stay safe, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.